Welcome back. This is What Do You Do Exactly? I'm Jamie Maglietta. On today's episode, we're going to speak with an amazing guest. The CEO is Vuk. Perfect for all those listening that want to either start a podcast or have a podcast and are trying to figure out what to do next with it. Or, you know, you're someone who's looking to invest in a startup or just looking for some inspiration. You know, but but before we talk with her, you know, I just have to bring you all up to speed on my life. Okay. I've been a bit bold on Instagram. All right. You can find me at, at Jamie underscore the producer. Uh, I guess I've been bold also on YouTube. Um, you can find me there at what you do exactly. Bold because, you know, I've really been putting myself out there. Um, you know, I've been trying to create content with purpose, purposeful posts, you know, even on LinkedIn. I'm trying to provide value, something more of who I am. You know, I've always had a personal IG and a Facebook page where I share, you know, pictures of my family. And, you know, I was creating some content to really test out Instagram, you know, for my job at CNN, but I've never really focused on it as a way to build a brand, to build a business, to attract collaborations. But, you know, since I was laid off, I've gone in this whole new direction. I'm starting my own business. I have this podcast, you know, I'm offering production services and I figured I should be putting myself out there. Like if I would advise someone to put themselves out there, I need to too. Right. So I've been creating fashion content, travel reels, and now I'm doing a series on podcasting where I'm just offering tips on podcasting. And you know what, what this has attracted are brands and followers and engagement. And so I'm here to say, you know, if my one piece of advice to everyone listening is if you show up, that's when things happen. You know, if you were to just show up on LinkedIn, you could build that network more, maybe even find that job. And when I say show up, I say like, make a post, put yourself out there, share something personal. On Instagram, the same thing. You know, once I started to share about the brands I was using, the things I was wearing, my support system grew, more people were engaging. I started to grow followers, more DMs came in because I was sharing a piece of me. You know what also came were brands. Since starting this podcast, most of my outfits have actually been provided by other companies. I haven't really had to buy much of what I'm wearing for this video podcast. And that to me is like a gift from God, because here I am putting myself in this new place, in this new position, launching my own business. And I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to have companies essentially dress me. I've been housed. I've been fed by companies all because I showed up and put myself out there and was willing to do something different. You know, when you're putting yourself out there like a podcast or, you know, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, you really do put yourself in a position that can attract brands because they want that organic sense of connection to a community, to people of similar interests. And so before I get to this guest, guys, you, you're going to love her. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to some of the brands who have helped me. You know, today I'm wearing a top by Cupshe. Cupshe has provided me with so many different outfits and made me a stronger content creator. You know, style we. I'm also working with Stay Sojo. Thank you, Stay Sojo. I loved my trip to Atlanta. And this Airbnb out in Tennessee. Thank you. Just a, just a few of the companies. Also, local boutique, the Rustic Market. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So with us today is Anaratalia 
Wait, Anna, she's there. Did I say that correctly? Anna Ratala. Anna Ratala. Anna Ratala is with us. She's CEO and founder of Zvuk, which is building the future of audio advertising as she puts it on her LinkedIn. Anna, let's talk about podcasting, entrepreneurship, and being women in leadership. And why don't we start by you telling us what you do exactly? I love that. Thanks so much, Jamie. I love being on your podcast. Um, yes, yeah, so I am an entrepreneur, a storyteller, originally from Finland, uh, have lived in uh, many different countries all around the world on three different continents and um, in America for uh, four years now in New York and now uh, on the West Coast. Uh, and uh, I am a, a startup founder. So uh, we are building a platform for brands specifically to find the most relevant podcasts that um, you know their customers are listening to and uh, booking ads and collaborations with just a few clicks. Um, so podcasting, as you just mentioned, is such an amazing, engaging audience. A lot of brands really want to get um, get to it because you know, they've understood the power of storytelling. They've understood that, you know, you can no longer hard sell your customers uh, through direct ads. You have to engage with your audience, right? You have to be authentic. You have to mm -hmm. share your stories and your values. And podcasts are such an amazing medium to do that. So a lot of brands really want to collaborate with a lot of uh, audio creators. Um, but, you know, in the current uh, uh, podcast advertising space, a lot of those ad sales are still very manual. A lot of them are still done over Excel sheets and PowerPoints and back and forth emails and filling up forms on somebody's website. So we've decided to build a platform that streamlines all that and makes it a matter of just a few clicks. So how does it work? You know, if I, I have a small podcast, you know, and we're not sitting here with millions of subscribers. How do people like me and other podcasters listening attract these ads and use your platform to do so? So we believe that every content creator should be able to monetize their content uh, from day one, right? Because just because you are a smaller uh, podcast doesn't mean that your listeners are any less engaged. In fact, they might even be more engaged, right? They almost feel like they know you. They're your small community and a very powerful community. So we believe that you should be able to monetize your content. And from the other perspective, right, there are tons of brands um, that, you know, even now, like you mentioned, work with you and want to engage with you because they understand the power of your small community, right? So on our platform, you just go sign up, uh, indicate your statistics, listenership, uh, description of your podcast, so on. And then when brands come to the platform and they're looking for podcasts that are similar to yours, right, in terms of content, then your podcast would pop up as a recommendation and they could just easily book uh, collaborations with you through the platform. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds very easy and I need to sign up. I haven't because I felt like I needed more, more people. <laughs> You know, more content. Oh, no. Well, that's, to, to that's what I think a lot of people think. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, that, that's what it used to be like, though, before, mm -hmm. right? I think right now in the past several years, advertising or marketing has changed, right? Even on social media, you've gone away from sort of having celebrity endorsements more to having micro and nano influencers like you and me, right? And mm -hmm. us saying, hey, you know what? I bought this brand and it's great. And all our friends are like, wow, right? And brands have understood the power of that. The mm -hmm. I think the, the challenge for a lot of advertisers has been how do you scale it, right? Because if it's all manual, if I have to reach out to everybody manually, it's a lot of time. Now, if I have a platform where I can actually reach and see all of the available, let's say, podcasters that are smaller, but have a niche audience, but exactly the kind of audience I need. And I can book 
those collaborations with just a few clicks all at once, now it makes my life a lot easier as an advertiser. So I'm more likely to do that. And you as a podcaster obviously will, will then be presented with brands that um, they want to bring you money. <laughs> and that's the thing. When I'm, you know, when I was talking about all these brands that I'm working with, I'm also not just taking every brand. You know, it's like, okay, well, I would wear their clothes. I would stay at their place. So I feel as someone who's not an influencer, because that's not what I am, but as someone who's creating content in an influencer space, I wouldn't want to influence anyone to go after something I truly didn't believe in myself, mm -hmm. right? So I think you, what you're talking about really does help connect those dots for people, brands, and creatives who want to financial have a financial investment in their product that is organic yeah that, and authenticity yeah. is so important and you can see that honestly in the conversion rates right the more authentic the endorsement is um the the better it converts right and then the brands are happy the listeners are happy because you're actually bringing value to the listeners as well you're not bringing them something that you don't believe in um and obviously you know you are happy because the advertiser comes back right so i do think mm -hmm. that that authentic connection that alignment between the brand and the content is super important and i think going forward it's only going to increase in importance right because we mm -hmm. as consumers also want to be respected uh, by creators and by the brands. We don't want to be sold uh, on something that, 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 that uh, they don't believe in. Exactly. And they also don't want us breaking in by saying, hey, by the way, I really just want you all to know about the sneakers that I love right now. Like that's an odd placement, right? So you want to make sure exactly. the placement and it, may, it matches the content that's being provided as well. That's I think, very true. I think it sounds great and innovative. And I'm very, very happy for you. And every time I see you posting on LinkedIn, I get all like excited for you. And, <laughs> you know, but that's important, right? Like you've created a comfortability with your followers, with your network that allows us to feel a part of your journey. You know, you're podcasting. Mm -hmm. You were also, I don't know if you still are, you were doing a diary, an audio diary. Yes. So I haven't done an entry that. in a little bit, but yes. So I decided, you know, a lot of the time, uh, you know, when you read about startup founders and entrepreneurs, you kind of read about the successes, or maybe you even read about the hardships, but only really after the fact. Very few people share things as they built and as they go, because it's hard, it's uncomfortable. And, you know, there's certain things you don't want to share or can share. And then you feel like, I don't know how this is going to plan out. So I don't want to be sharing all these things and then say, you know what, I failed or this, this actually didn't work out. However, the really, I think the biggest uh, value add to anyone around you, right? To, to the community around you is when you share authentically while you are doing something, right? Because it's sort of almost like peer to peer support. I can't tell you how many times I, you know, sent voice notes to my founder friends saying, Oh, you don't believe what happened today. And, or I'm so frustrated, or I don't know what, what I'm doing. And this thing happened and that thing happened, right? And you share that. And the, the kind of support that you get from someone just, understanding what you're going through because they're going through the same thing is really invaluable. So I decided to do like a little audio journal where I would be sharing my founder journey as it happens. And I, I started that at the end of last year and I kind of did that for a few months and I'm still doing it though. Uh, my latest, um, it's been a while since my latest entry. Life has been very busy. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm sort of moving around a lot and I'm just doing the thing. I'm really in the gist of it. Um, which is, honestly what i should be recording because this is also the most i was about fun to say this is the time. 
<laughs> so you know what? Like I, I definitely should should kind of get back into the habit of that. Um, but yeah, and 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 you're right. You know, people like you mentioned LinkedIn and and kind of you know the community that really buys into what you're doing because you yeah. are sharing. And I think it is so important. I think even on LinkedIn, the, the people that have the biggest followership and the biggest engagement are people that are sharing a little piece of their of themselves, right? Of their journey. I don't want to read another like, here's five tips how you do like no, share share something with me, something real, right? Say, I tried this. This is why it didn't work or did work for me. And here's what I want to share with you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've also tried on LinkedIn to share a lot of my very, very kind of authentic stories about how I started and where I'm going and how I'm feeling and who I am. Because I think it's very important for people to get to know me. I might be a founder, but I'm also, you know, I I, I, I believe that people don't really, they buy into you because of who you are. They don't buy really into you because of your idea or your product or your title or something else. People buy people. And I think it's very important that we keep that in mind. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, when I was in grad school, we, we had a lot of marketing classes, you know, branding courses. And most of the times they would talk about brands as if they were people. And that's yeah. the thing. You know, in this yes. new social media age, I'm going to say new because I'm old and it's newer because I didn't have this growing up, but in this age of social media, right, where you can really put yourself out there and connect, you are your brand, right? Like people are starting to see you and say, oh, what does she do? Oh, wow. I would love to do whatever she's suggesting because I really trust her. No like and trust, right? So now you're creating this community of of authenticity around you than authentic authenticating your brand. That's so true. And mm -hmm. I think that that is also, I mean, I've been speaking with, you know, for example, people that I'm considering, you know, hiring for the team and they go, oh, I've seen some of your LinkedIn posts. It really resonates with me. Now I no longer have to spend time trying to tell them who I am as a person, as a leader, as a CEO, they have an idea. Same with clients, same with investors. And I think what you said on the other side about seeing brands as people is very mm -hmm. true. And I think very few businesses understand this when you have a B2B business, right? Like, mm -hmm. like our clients are brands, right? A lot of people think, oh, you're selling to the company. The company isn't buying the service. It's a person that works at the company that goes home and, you know, watches Netflix and watches movies and orders Uber Eats and is, is used to certain types of convenience and is interested in certain follow certain types of influencers. That is the same person who goes to work the next day and opens up, you know, a platform and says, Hey, let me now buy something for my company, like a service that my company needs. It's still the same person. So if you can actually really appeal to them in a more humane way, um, I think you've already won half the battle. And that's the thing. And I, you know, I didn't intend to, to go in on this, but you bring up some great points. You know, re when I worked at CNN, we had a lot of social media policies where I didn't really put myself out there. So when I started mm. off saying I was, I'm being bold, it's because, you know, social media policies at a company do restrict how much you can put yourself out there. But I read mm. recently that because of the TikTok influence, companies are now encouraging employees in some instances mm. to be themselves, to share yeah. the day in the life of, you know, a Walgreens employee, because that is humanizing them as a brand that is attracting to other people um, because they're starting to get to know what the company is all about beyond their ads. And yeah. so to the point of sharing on 
you know, these platforms, who we are and putting ourselves out there, it does help, you know, anyone listening to attract brands and to attract jobs. You know, that's what it's all about. Clients, they want to know, like, and trust who they're getting in with. Right. Um, It's an amazing asset, I think. Yeah. Yes. No, go ahead. You want to weigh in on that? No, I just, uh, you know, that's an amazing asset, I think, for a lot of companies. And I'm really glad to see this shift, right? That they're see, starting to see this instead of a risk, this is an asset, right? That yes. we should actually use. And it's it's free promotion for them, honestly. So It is. It's free promotion, guys. <laughs> and, you know, but speaking of social media, I'm going to pop down to this one question I did um, want to ask toward the end, but I'm going to bring it up here. Um, yes, guys, I'm a producer and I write out all my questions. Um <laughs> She and I actually met because of a LinkedIn post. All right. So I, need to say this. I posted about this on LinkedIn, but she posted on LinkedIn and, you know, it was about women in tech and this image of her, it just really was quintessential fashion business. Like everything about it spoke to me and spoke to many women. Right. You know, and my husband saw this post and said, she really reminds me of you. And my husband doesn't use social media. He rarely messages me on LinkedIn. And this was what he sent me was this post. <laughs> from you. And I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, who is this person? And why does she remind me, you know, remind my husband of me? So I read it and I was like, oh, you know, she's just, what you were offering was really like a look into how women are needed in tech, you know, and how women add to leadership. And you really spoke to a lot of what I truly believe as a, as a female, but also as a leader, like what we need in tech. And so I thought, since I have you here as a guest, I wanted to make sure that I asked you your thoughts on women in leadership. You know, if you had any tips for professionals listening, since you do speak to that audience in your social media posts. Yeah, I love this is like one of my favorite topics to to really talk about. It's so close to my heart. I'm so passionate about it, obviously, because I am a woman in tech and, and a founder and a CEO. And, um, and you know, there's so much conversations around this whole kind of the traditional conversation goes like, we need more women to be CEOs. We need more women mm-hmm. to start businesses and go to tech and study engineering and whatnot. And I support all of that. I wanted to, and this is really what I talked about in, in my LinkedIn post as well. I really wanted to make sure that we as women see all the opportunities that we have to be, for example, in tech, right? It does not just mean that you have to go and code, right? I've never coded Mm -hmm. in my life. I don't even like it, right? That's not my thing. You know, it's not for me, but I'm great at other things. I'm great at leadership. I'm great at sales. Mm -hmm. I'm great at, uh, you know, uh, uh, fundraising, whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are so many women that I think leave opportunities on the table because they feel like, well, this is not directly for me, right? I'm not a techie. So why would I go and work for a tech companies? But guess what? Somebody has to lead a tech company. Somebody has to mm-hmm. be a CFO of a tech company. Somebody has to be a chief strategy officer of a tech company, right? Somebody has to do marketing for them. Whatever that is, whatever your craft is, make sure that you are not leaving opportunities on the table because, I mean, for example, if we take tech, I mean, mm-hmm. the, all the future opportunities are within that space. Let's say AI right now, what, generative AI. There's a lot of people that are saying, I don't understand anything about it. Well, you know what? It's not rocket science. You don't have to go code it. You can go apply for a company, do mm-hmm. marketing for them, right? Or do mm-hmm. strategy or do finance or do HR or do something that you're great at. At the same time, you're learning the industry and you're making sure that these companies are not just built by guys, right? Not just built by, and you're not just someone who's coding. You're also 
leading those companies, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're or you're preparing to lead those companies. So I think it's really important for us to 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 recognize all the opportunities that are that are out there and not mm-hmm. leave any opportunity on the table because we're kind of viewing them too narrowly. Yeah. And it you know, just having you say all that again, it reminded me of, you know, at the time when my husband sent this to me, I was in grad school and I was saying very similar things. You know, it's like mm. I I want, there should be more women in leadership of these tech companies because we can really bring in all those assets that maybe a a big male heavy dominated area of the business is lacking, you know, where I can bring people together. Yeah. And I think we're just more prone. I mean, obviously women and men are different in terms of the way Mm -hmm. how we lead and who we are. And so I feel like a lot of the attributes that traditionally have been associated with women have been called soft skills, right? Communication, empathy, listening, even like you said, bringing together with a smile, all these things. I don't know why they're called soft skills. First of all, they're very hard to nail, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who have no clue what they even mean, right? And secondly, they are integral part of building I think long lasting and strong company cultures, right? And so if 10 years ago when kind of a startup boom was out there and all these Ubers and all these companies emerged out of Silicon Valley and it was like a bunch of guys, a bunch of bros, like coding and sleeping under the desks and like eating pizza and drinking beers, ha ha ha. Great, they built all these great companies, but a lot of them have had issues with culture, right? And mm-hmm. so they started to crumble. People started leaving, right? And and that affects everything. That mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it also affects your bottom line. And so I think that we as women have so many qualities that we can bring to the table to really change the narrative of what a company, a strong, good company culture is. And mm-hmm. studies show that actually women are better leaders as in women actually make more profitable companies. Like the, the companies that women lead are more profitable than the, the, the ones that are led by men. I mean, there are multiple studies on this. So it actually does translate into good business. Mm-hmm. And speaking of business, we're talking with the CEO of Zvuk, Anuratala. Am I saying it wrong? I'm really bad at this. No, Anuratala. you're great. That's exactly. Was it good? <laughs> Ratala. Yes. So, you know, again, we're, we're all about trying to provide you guys with some inspiration and talk about the jobs behind the job titles. And she's CEO of Zvuk. And I'm sure you all have tons of questions about what does it take to launch a business and what did you do to get there? So why don't we make sure we hit some of those questions before we wrap up, you know, before we get into your launching of the company, I saw on your LinkedIn that you were a copywriter, a concept designer, marketing executive, a sales manager, a project coordinator, and you were an elected official in Finland. I was. For when my you city council. <laughs> on the roles that brought you to where you are and helped you essentially form what people call soft skills, um, you have to say that some of these roles probably made you the tough CEO that you are today. So when you look back, is there anything specific in your past that really helped you mold this company? Yeah, I think one of the things has been that I've started from scratch so many times in my life, right? Started from zero. A lot of these opportunities were not presented to me, right? Like nobody came and said, Hey, you know what? Like, why don't we elect you into the city council or what, you know, or, or, or here's a great job. You're moving to a different country. Here's a great job for you. I had to actually go and craft my own path and start from scratch, right? Be it 
take up, you know, running for elections. I'd never done that before. I was 23 years old. It was all new. It was very scary, but I did it and I got in, right? Or, you know, I've moved to multiple different countries, started from scratch, you know, trying to look for a job. Uh, nobody knows you. Nobody knows kind of your, your resume doesn't really resonate with them because it's from another country or another continent. <laughs> and so you're having to start from scratch and not being afraid of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, I started um, and ran a, a tech startup event in, in Singapore, uh, also from scratch. Never had done, you know, events before. I was very passionate about kind of the whole vision and the story around uh, the, the event. And so I wanted to do that. And again, I started from scratch. And I think once you do that multiple times, you mm -hmm. get used to the cold start and you get used to understanding like, hey, you know what? I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna find a way to make this successful. Mm -hmm. I'm always gonna find a way uh, around all the challenges. And I think that was probably the, honestly the biggest factor that has made me who I am today as a CEO and as a founder. And when I started Zvuk, when I lived in Singapore and we, me and my, my co-founder went through a startup program, got a small check from a, from an early stage VC. And two weeks after that program, I packed my bags and I flew to New York because it was like, well, we can't build this out of Singapore. The market is in America. So I have to be there, right? That decision I would have never in my life made so quickly had I not started from scratch so many times. So this time it was like, okay. I'll do it again. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. I'll do it again. This is what I need to do. So really that mindset and attitude, I think is a very big part of starting a business. If you were to sum that up in like a 15 second soundbite piece of advice on starting up, I feel like you could, but what would you say? Well, the most important thing is to start. And after that, all you have to do to succeed is to not quit. Mm. That's a good point. You know, being a startup, I thought about I that a lot. <laughs> my first time starting up, and I, I think it's amazing that you've just kept going and you keep keep on trucking along and you do it with a smile. You also are traveling a lot, so you know you're working in all different places. How are you yep. juggling all that? Well, I mean, part of it is is out of necessity, right? Honestly, if if I had a chance to you know, have an amazing apartment on Manhattan, New York, and just build a business, like that would be great. But the fact is that you also have to balance between your own finances, you know, starting up is not free. Um, you know, we take, and it always takes a lot longer. Um, you may have months when you're not taking a salary, you know, all that combined. So I've just kept a very open mind towards, you know, I'm, I'm juggling between the different locations, partially because I want to find where that great community is for us to, for, for me to find, you know, other entrepreneurs and other startup founders. And obviously, you know, we're in the media space. So New York made a lot of sense. LA makes a lot of sense. You know, San Francisco, obviously now I have some team members there. So all of those locations make a lot of sense. And then partially also because, you know, I mean, I have to, right? I mean, it's not, you know, New York is a very expensive city and I lived there for a little bit. And then I said, you know what, I want to see what the other side of the country has to offer. So again, this is more like being this, having this open, mind towards saying, you know what, I don't necessarily have a perfect path. Not everything in my life is perfectly set up for me to just focus on my business and be the startup founder. But if you believe in it hard enough, and if you really want it hard enough, then you're able to juggle it, right? And I mm -hmm. always try to look at it from the positive perspective, what I can gain from this adventure. I always say to everyone, I'm not an adventure, right? I'm a startup founder. Mm -hmm. I am kind of working remotely, trying out different cities, living in different places, meeting different people and building my startup. I mean, 
it's a dream. It can be a dream or it can be a nightmare, depending on how you look at it. I choose yeah. to say it's a dream. <laughs> but I think when you start introducing yourself, you need to start folding an adventure. I don't remember that being it yeah. included when you... <laughs> That definitely can be added. You take risk, you take chances, and you're bold. And that is what I think is appealing um, to you as a person. And I'm glad that we are in connection and we communicate and stay in touch and check in on each other, which is wonderful. And, you know, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about what you have coming up um, and how they can get in touch with you or find you, where's the best platforms and any last tips. I mean, let's just throw it all in the kitchen sink here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, um, so yes, we, we are right now actually with our startup sort of going to market. We're doing a very exciting pilot with four big sort of top networks uh, in in the country. So very excited about that. We, we're kicking it off uh, as we speak, actually. So super excited. We're preparing for our public uh, beta launch. Uh, and so a lot of really exciting things uh, happening right now on, on the startup front. Um, and yeah, I'm very active on, as you mentioned, on LinkedIn, um, as well as on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Anna Ratala. Uh, you can also follow Zvuk on Instagram. Uh, we're a little bit less active there, but uh, you should just hit that follow. So whenever things start happening, you know, uh, you know what's going on. Uh, and I'm always obviously super happy to hear from people if there's anything that I could do to help or any kind of tips of advice. A lot of people reach out to me saying, hey, do you, do you want to just catch up and like chit chat and share your story, which I'm not able to do with everybody individually. But if there is something in particular that you need help with or you're wondering or there's a particular question, I'm super happy to uh, to obviously get in touch. Um, and then I guess, you know, finally, whatever it is that you are looking to do in your life, right? Be it start a business or pivot your career or quit a job to become a content creator, right? Or whatever that is, right? I think, honestly, just do it. Take the first step. And the first step can just be, you know, do some research or set up a website or perfect your LinkedIn profile or your social media profile. Create a website for yourself. Do the first step because that is always the hardest. And I feel like thinking about an opportunity before you jump in is always way scarier than after you've jumped. It's like you stand on a cliff, you look down and it's really scary because you don't know what's really waiting for you down. But then when you jump and you're in this free fall, it's actually, it's actually quite enjoyable. It's actually quite fun. Um, and so I think it's, it's easier to navigate once you've taken the first step. That's great. Well, I'm really happy for you and I wish you all the best and I'll be signing up now with my podcast because I feel like I can, I can maybe advertise myself to other advertisers now. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was great talking to you as always. And I'm a big fan of yours and what you're doing and your attitude and your mindset. And so you bring so much inspiration to me when I, whenever I see you on social media, whenever I talk to you. So I'm really glad that you're doing this podcast and, and I'm really glad that you're sharing all that with, uh, with your listeners as well. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And, um, we'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye.